David. Connor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, and he's at home to yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle David. What's that smell? You thinking again? That's right. That's right. And we've got a special guest here today, all the way from Film Broadcast, which I was on a couple weeks back. It is uh, Logan. So, hi. Hey, Logan. Welcome. Hello. I'm Logan. And apparently a lot of people in our group chat think that David and Logan sound similar. So this is going to be a really confusing episode. I don't think, people. I don't think David it sounds anything like me. I kind of agree. His voice is a lot deeper than mine. Like we got like similar accent inflection things, but his voice is just way deeper. Yeah. It's just kind of funny because like apparently multiple people pointed it out like independently. In that yeah. chat, so. like, they weren't, weren't agreeing with each other. They all pointed it out on their own accord. Exactly. So, like, this might be a weird episode. We're sitting there going, like, wait, who's talking? I'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, um, yeah it should it be all right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, how's everybody doing today? Uh, we start with Logan since he's our guest. How you I, doing, I'm, I'm doing good. Good. Pretty good. I wasn't able to rewatch everything, unfortunately. But there was only yeah. a few I needed to, so we're all good. Yeah, it's all good. I feel like talking about it will inspire some thoughts as well. Yeah. Uh, David, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Connor. Uh, you know, just vibing. You know, Friday morning, just. That's true. We're pre-recording this Friday. Yeah, pre-recording so. it. Yeah. Well, that's what um, you do. Yeah, right. We usually, because we don't usually pre-record them, but occasionally oh. we do. I always um, do just to make sure. Yeah, it's probably fair because sometimes, like, I'll do something Sunday morning, and then like, I have to like mm-hmm. press it in or like exactly. Yeah. And plus, mm-hmm. since we release, that's why we release ours on Tuesdays. Because we have the whole weekend and a few days ahead. Yeah. Sometimes we record weeks ahead, like how we, what we've done recently. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something we're gonna be doing soon because we've uh, we're uh, you know we're both about to head out to college right now. Exactly. So we got some uh, got yeah. we're definitely gonna have some schedule conflicts coming. So mm-hmm. we're changing up the schedule, which we'll talk about probably at the end of the episode. Right. Um, but let's yeah, jump so right in. Let's jump right in. Yeah, right. Let's jump right in. <laughs> we end up getting to a random tangent about nothing. Uh, right. So, in case you guys didn't read the title of this episode, today we're <laughs> diving into the like our first of what we probably will do later on throughout the, the podcast is just diving into a director's work, talking about like all the films they've done, and just talking about like you know what makes them distinct and all that. And uh, we decided to jump in with Wes Anderson first because, well, one, he's a really interesting director that has like a lot of distinct visual tics that like are unique to him. So, like, there's a lot to talk about there. And secondly, it's because we all really like his films. Like He's uh, my favorite. Yeah, I really like him too. Um, and I just got David to watch all the main ones. He didn't end up getting to Bottle Rocket because, I don't know, I had a weird prejudice against that one. For, for some reason, Connor decided that Bottle Rocket didn't count. I mean, it is a I, I think it was just because like, Rushmore is like considered like his true first. Like, the one that, that? I mean, like, I didn't say his true first. I'm more like... It's considered to be like that was like what made him popular. But, like when people started seeing Wes Anderson, it was more because of Rushmore. Sure, but like, so like I guess I just kind of it's kind of the main film that made Carantino popular, but that doesn't make Reservoir Dogs any less important. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, whatever. Point is, uh, we watched everything except for Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Um, but we'll, well I actually watched. It. I just, yeah, I've, I've seen Bottle Rocket. I, well, I just rewatched it right now. Really? Oh, dang. <laughs> Because I was arguing with you on our chat about we should at least discuss it a little, so I decided I'd quickly skim through it. Sure. Uh, so yeah. we can we can real briefly talk about uh, Bottle Rocket. I'm mean, sorry, I have to let David kind of sit silent for just a little bit. Don't worry, uh, 
I'll only spend like five minutes, not even on this one. There's actually not much to say, but I still wanted yeah. to at least a little bit talk about it. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, about Rockets, like it's an adaptation of a short film he did, um, yes. which also starred Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson, I believe. Or if yes. not, then oh yeah, he was involved somehow. I'm yeah, almost certain. Yeah, pretty sure. And then they did a full-length movie about it, which kind of went into more depth about what it was about. Yeah. I've only seen the actual full-length movie. I've yet to see the short. I'll watch it I one day. Seen, I've never seen the short. Uh, but yeah, um, if I remember correctly, Logan, you'll have to correct me since you've just recently watched it. Yeah, it's about, be, yeah. like, Luke Wilson had like a has, like, a breakdown, like a mental breakdown, and is picked mm-hmm. up by his friend afterwards from, this, like, yes. a mental institution. Yep. And his, his friend, played by Owen Wilson, kind of very eccentric, kind of weirdos, like, Mm-hmm. obsessed with trying to like with it, like living a like the fullest or something yeah he wants to do a heist yes they have like this he has this like dream of a heist and like you know luke wilson's kind of against that because he's like why would you do that that's like insane and so yeah. it's kind of like this buddy kind of like i don't know i don't know what you call it like a i wouldn't call it a crime movie yeah it's like a weird like, kind of like upbeat like i don't know it's very wes anderson honestly a lot of people say it isn't for some reason but it is it's still like it's still got a lot of his visual tics people act like, like it's still got a lot of like visual flair to it it's just not as extreme as even Rushmore um, yeah I think like I think what, what got me about it is like oh go ahead sorry it had less of a budget so they had less of less room to um do that really I think like as soon as he's got even a tiny bit more budget with Rushmore he's going for it right and then you look when he's and then you look at like we'll get it we'll get to these but when you get to like life aquatic he just he goes nuts like yeah right where it's like totally him Mm -hmm. yeah like um i think with bottle rocket what what got it for me like i enjoy it i think it's really sweet and i think like that kind of like friendship kind of buddy rapport was something kind of fun and totally kick-started what wes anderson would do with character but i think like i think just kind of as the direction wise i feel was very much like beta him like it was very early him yeah, not a lot of the, it felt yeah i mean that's fine i'm not I'm not saying like oh he should have known exactly how he's gonna direct like at this point in his career but like but, yeah I just, I just kind of I, I don't think it hit me as hard like in terms of like feeling like distinct wes anderson just sure. because well, of that you to me that you're saying like let me just say this in terms of i think that that like it's his first of all it's his first movie second of all i don't want all his movies to be the same oh absolutely yeah i kind of do as he's my favorite but like once especially with his like newer ones the distinctness of each one kind of like the plot is distinct but like direction wise he's just kind of doing the same thing now so it's nice to see a more and same with stuff like rushmore like his early films a more restrained version of and as much as i love that direction we'll get to it a more restrained version of that i don't think that I don't like, and I think the issue is most people don't watch this first when they watch mm-hmm. Wes Anderson movies. Feel like if I watched this first, I'd like it a lot more, and you probably would too because you'd actually see it as its own instead of looking at it like this doesn't look like a Wes Anderson movie. Like you're just looking at it like what it is, which is. I knew I should have used David as a guinea pig more. I should have. Yeah. I should have started with Bottle Rocket. <laughs> you should have. I totally then, did too because we started it from Rushmore. So like mm-hmm. every reaction that uh, I'm mean, sorry, David, I didn't you talk to you, but every reaction, <laughs> yeah, like every reaction that you had for it, I was hoping to like get like the authentic like from when he released to now kind of reaction to it. Yeah, exactly. So you should have started with uh, this, but that's okay. <laughs> that being Mistakes said, we still, me and David still kind of messed him up in our watching, where we like we kept flipping yeah. a couple, not because of like accident, just because of like length. 
Like oh, we watched yeah. we watched Darjeeling before Life Aquatic, and we watched Grand Budapest before Moonrise Kingdom. Did you guys watch them together? Uh, he watched. Um, I watched which, Rushmore and uh, Royal Tenenbaums and uh, Isle of Dogs by myself. Yeah. Oh, and they, oh. <laughs> I was Me about to say Life Aquatic, that but no, we watched that'd them. be fun. Yeah, it was cool. I went up last weekend, and we were just like binge. Oh, we binge watched like pretty much everything, like in person. Okay. Yeah, in person, in person. Uh, you just have that luxury. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've done movies over call though, um, yeah. which we were we almost did for Isle of Dogs, but like mm-hmm. convenience wise, they watched on his own. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, okay. Yeah, we can we can real quick segue now into his first, Rushmore. you know, yeah. mo- and his first big introduction to the uh-huh. mass mass uh, audience, mass popularity. Do we know? Sure, or are you just assuming this? No, I've I've heard about, a lot about what Rushmore was kind of like Wes okay. Anderson's introduction to, to the general public. I was chatting with uh, with a one of my speech coaches of all people. We we're talking about Wes Anderson, and he goes like, he was like, people who were you know alive during this time and you know seeing movies during this time in the nine like the late nineties when that came out, like it was Rushmore was the beginning, and like everyone talked about Rushmore at first, and then. Everything after that was kind of compared to Rushmore until like Fantastic Mr. Fox or something. Um, at least that's what he told me. Granted, who knows? But I'm I'm going to put my host foot down and say it was his most popular at the beginning. Okay, so I'll take your word for it then. Yeah, Rushmore. So uh, <laughs> this one I don't have the release date for, but it was late '90s. Um, I'm yeah, this was a, this was a uh, this is an interesting film for sure. Um, and that was, I think, his first. I feel like his first foray into a lot of a lot of um, common Wes Anderson things, especially with the cast. I think like he started getting, you know, Jason Schwartzman showing up and Bill Murray I mean, coming main. To so be that was definitely a big thing. Thing there, Bottle Rocket is starring two people. Uh, is starring Owen Wilson, who's in like almost all. That's his true. Movies. That's true. But we started seeing. We we saw Jason yeah. Schwartzman for the first time, and we saw Bill Murray, yeah. and they show up a ton yeah. too. So we're starting to see a consistent yeah. cast starting to build now. Mm-hmm. And also, don't forget that Bottle Rocket had Pagoda in it. I don't know his real name, but I just know he's Pagoda in the Royal Tenenbaums. So, um, yeah, um, David, do you that's the that you saw it more recently than me. It's the Indian guy that that works for um, Gene Hackman. With the, um, it's like Butler. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually recall him now. He's yeah, in a yeah, bunch I of West End. I know you're talking he's about. Four of them. Yeah, he's in like four of his movies, I think. Yeah, I remember who you're talking about. I remember seeing him, and I think. I think I might have remembered seeing him in like Darjeeling or something. I was like, oh, yeah, God, he's, I remember in he's in Darjeeling. Oh, he's in Rushmore apparently as well. I wasn't able to okay. rewatch this one, unfortunately. I've only, this is the only one of all these movies that I've only seen once, unfortunately. It's all good. Um, yeah. Since then, that makes, the, then we should probably ask David then, who hasn't talked in a while. Yeah. And David, he's only most recently seen it. What are your thoughts on Rushmore? <clears throat> um, so, so, you know, as you guys know, and as you guys talked about, you know, Rushmore is my first kind of like introduction into um, Wes Anderson as a director, right? Because previously I haven't seen any Wes Anderson films, which is kind of crazy, right? I haven't even seen Fantastic Mr. Fox up until that point, right? So um, watching uh, Rushmore, it it just, it kind of, how do I say, like, it, 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 it surprised me. Um, it, it was, it was like, it was how, how we kind of structured the movie and you can see this throughout all of his films so he kind of structures it into um chapters was something very interesting it's something that you know 
I didn't realize that he was going to carry over into his later films. I thought it was going to be like, okay, this is in uh, Rushmore. Um, it kind of just like fits the, I guess the the story element since you know the movie does take place um, over a extended period of time, right? Instead of like taking place over like course a couple of days, it takes place over um, multiple months, right? So it, it it made sense why they had the different acts in. Uh, chapters almost um, but it turns out that's kind of just like his style and how he kind of structures his movies um, so watching it I thought it was really interesting that was really unique um, and something that I noticed that wasn't that like I couldn't quite put my foot on until Connor brought it up um, later on is how he deals with um characters i guess so um his characters are very i want to say deadpan almost um like they're, they're not emotionless but they don't they're not very expressive you know like they say their lines with not much emotion to them facially right like you can definitely tell there's emotion to the lines but expressively through their face their facial features um there, there's not much going on right there right so to have that it was very um very different right um and watching all of the uh wes anderson film all of sonography besides bottle rocket um i definitely say that rushmore in my opinion is definitely his weakest mm. um or one of the weaker ones um <clears throat> only because i feel like he hasn't he hadn't quite uh figured out his style yet Mm. Um, at, least, at least in my Logan's, the Logan's over here writing down every single thought he has on David's statements. Like, okay, I just mm. as soon as he said weakest stomach, he's like he's annotating it as you're speaking. Yeah. He's like, okay, sorry, <laughs> I'll stop. Uh, like, I'll, it's like audit, audible notes, films, but... you can hear it. <laughs> All right, you can go. You can go on, David. Uh, is being stupid. Okay. Okay. I, okay, here's the thing. I never, I, I don't think the movie's bad. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think that, like, um, in comparison to some of his later films, um, I just, I just don't feel like he's quite at his peak yet, right? I don't, I don't think he's quite mastered um, his his style quite yet. I think, I think he's definitely getting there. I definitely, I can definitely see it in this film. I just don't think he's quite re- reached the point that he is now. Uh, that's, sure. that's kind of what I think about the movie. I, I definitely think it's a solid movie. Um, I definitely rewatch it again, um, but you know, solid. Okay. I'll really briefly, okay. I'll really briefly oh, interlude oh. my thoughts before Logan spits out his because he's gonna have a little more to say. I feel. Um, so I'll be really, I'm I'll be really sure. brief about it. We'll see. I've seen it a long time, so probably yeah. not actually. No, we'll see. But real quick, yeah, I I, I do agree with. Uh, with what David's saying, I think especially with this one, the deadpan kind of delivery is kind of more important because that's kind of the character that the main guy is. Like Jason Schwartzman's character is very like stoic in that regard because he's he's so confident that everything he does absolutely right and one hundred percent like you know the right thing to do. He's completely self like full of himself to the point where like the deadpan thing is almost kind of like a self-assuredness i guess like it kind of comes off as like he's so aware that what he's doing is like completely justified right and he's the best that like 
you know, he doesn't have to convey any sort of emotion to it. He knows, like, he knows exactly what he's, what he's doing is right. There's no question in his mind. So I think like the deadpan here does play more to that. And then Bill Murray, who's another big character in this one, who also kind of has that deadpan kind of feel is more meant to convey this kind of like emptiness he had in his life. Uh, so I do get it in terms of what this movie's going for with that. And I, I'll admit, I think this one kind of fumbles with that a little as well as the movie goes on because like, it still kind of feels deadpan even by the end when he's supposed to be kind of learning. So I don't know. I just, that was kind of odd to me. And I think as a whole, I think this movie's script feels the most like, I feel like takes the least amount of risks until, until later on. I think it's a very easy kind of coming of age movie with, I think the middle act probably being the best of it where you kind of start to see him like put to the test where like he's going after this teacher and the teacher has absolutely no interest in him at all. I think that kind of reality, like, you know, smack back to reality, I think was kind of the best part of the movie. And then the ending oh, happens. The kind of like, yeah, right. Um, I think uh, that was probably the best point, or the, the middle. And then once the end kind of happens, I'm kind of just like, okay. So I do really enjoy this one. I think I think it inspired a lot of coming of age movies after that. The one that I feel the most inspired it is the movie, or was inspired by it is the movie Submarine, which I really like. Uh, uh, but that one, that one, it's a it's a Welsh movie. I talked about it on the podcast before, right. but right. I feel like that one kind of perfected the vibe that Rushmore tried to have. Okay, okay. Uh, you, you can go ahead now. Uh, this movie is delightful. I delightful. love it. <laughs> it's delightful. It's so. And you can say we won't like. I don't know what the fixation is with the like. I I look at it. I think the style in this movie works great. And yeah, it's not as like over the top as his later films, but that doesn't hurt this movie to me at all. Mm. With its style, it doesn't make this movie style any less worth something just because it's not as quote unquote perfected or whatever whatever word you'd use. And I. I'll be honest, I was making all those noises like I thought this was one of his best. No, it's still near the bottom. But like <laughs> No, it's but fine. Like, I mean I, yeah. it's, it's all right to disagree. I mean I me still give it like never a claimed to be cinema experts, so yeah. Neither did I. Um <laughs> not at all. Uh no, I still have it at a nine right now, and I'm I'm gonna rewatch it very soon. I'm thinking even though I also just rewatched Life Aquatic, I think I'm just gonna start from Rushmark, since I just watched Bottle Rocket and binge through Wes Anderson, because why not? It's fun. Go for it. Yeah. Um, he's my favorite, and I haven't... I've seen most of these several times. Rushmore, Bottle Rocket, and Life Aquatic were the only ones I'd only seen once. And yeah, now Rushmore... I, I feel bad. I've... But this movie's great. Uh, first of all, Bill Murray's in it. <laughs> which, okay. which, that you can say about like every, every Wes Anderson movie after but that. But he's the main character in this <laughs> one, and this isn't the best... Bill Murray, main, Bill Murray main character in... Um, there's two more Bill Murray main character movies coming up. Like, main, main. Like, in, in the main cast. Actually, one more. Um, I mean... Yeah, Whatever. I think so. uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But this movie's wonderful. Uh, again, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't really get into specifics. <laughs> it, it, it's very good. The play, That's the, end of it. the play at the end was really funny. I liked the like the it was like a war play or oh, yeah, something. Oh like yeah, the hyper yeah the hyper like over the top play. Yeah, yeah that was. That um, he saved Latin. That was you can't say you you didn't save Latin. So he's a very accomplished man. Um, okay, we have to move on now. We I can get more specific now. So it's all good. Um, yeah. after that he did or after this he did Royal Tenenbaums, 
<laughs> um, World Tenenbaums is a definitely an interesting movie because I swear it's to God, incredible. when I first watched this, I thought I was on another planet because I had no clue what people were saying when they are talking about how good this movie was. I'm kind of <laughs> weird. Um, okay. That being said, as time's gone on, I did learn to appreciate it more. Um, that being said, uh, let's kick it off to Logan. You can start with this one. What this movie's amazing. I love it so much. This I'm one used to be my favorite before. This one used to be my favorite. Well, my third favorite before I saw The Light with Darjeeling, which we'll get to later. Um, it's amazing. This is one of the four Wes Anderson movies I currently have at a 10, which for me, I have a lot of 10s, but like about 100. But <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this is my favorites list. That's what that is. Um, I've seen it, I think, three times. Um nice. It's amazing. Every actor in this movie is perfectly cast. I'm surprised Ben Stiller was not like uh, he he's not in another one after this, right? I'm not forgetting. Oh uh, no, I don't think he I'm was. Surprised he wasn't in another because he was really he fit in with everyone, like with the mm-hmm. whole what Sanderson gang, um, <laughs> you know, Luke yeah, Wilson, right. I get that. And okay. all that he fits in there. Bill Murray, I don't know why. Um, and also just all this is the first one where you definitely see that signature style more mm-hmm. the next one it goes overboard but um you definitely like a lot of like cutting like the opening where they're talking about the kid's childhood and the narration and everything it's just so what you expect right and it's mm-hmm. so great and there are some iffy things that happen later in the film which we can talk about in a bit i think from this film onward we might be talking a little more in detail about each of the movies mm-hmm. might Perfect. be my fault i'm sorry it might be it's a little fine. long I mean, from here we're, on we're, out, going, we're going in depth in his career so i mean yeah. it's good to go so, in depth into movies yeah um so here do you mind if i go do a little plot synopsis thing and then yeah, absolutely. Go for it. say some stuff and then we'll have a full actual discussion this time instead of going one by one i think that's a good idea right sure we can try it your sure, podcast is up to you, but yeah, no, that's no, how we usually. Do it. That's how we do it in my garden. Okay, so royal. So basically, there's this guy named Royal Tenenbaum. He's got a big ass family. All his kids are gifted, um, in different, very specific things. I'm trying to remember what they were. I know that's the. Right. I know. I know Luke Wilson's a tennis guy. Yeah, Luke Wilson is a tennis guy. Um, Ben Stiller is a something. Owen Wilson's got a cool hat. Owen Wilson's not his kid. He's just kind of there. I'm just Which pointing is, out that he had a cool hat. He does have a cool hat. He's a little nuts. Um, and, you know, and then they all grow up to be troubled and have, like, you know, basically they're all having terrible lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Stiller's wife dies, and now he's all paranoid about his kids dying. Um, you know, all these sorts of different things. Kate Blanchett is in a very unhappy marriage. Is that Kate? I forget. No, Who's no. Gwyneth like, uh, Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Why did I say Kate? Yeah, it's all good. You're getting a little angry. That's the next movie. Oh, she in the next one? Okay. I don't know where that came from. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Why does Luke Will why is wait, why on Letterboxd is Luke Wilson's picture also Gwyneth Paltrow? What? (laughs) Never there's a glitch on my letterbox where it shows broken letterbox, I guess. Picture of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Anyways, sorry, I got really off topic there, but that was funny. Okay. So um yeah, and basically a lot of stuff happens. Royal tries to reconnect with his family by being a lying asshole. It's great. Okay, you guys give your thoughts. <laughs> uh, David, you want to take over? Talk, you've seen it more recently than I have. Yeah, so um, hot take. Um, oh, I think that this movie is 
Solid. I do not think oh. it's 10 out of 10. Um, no. To, to go against what Logan says. Um, I, I, I also have to say it's on, on, on the weaker side of the uh, Wes Anderson films. I don't know. When I was watching this movie, it, it took me like two days to watch it. Like, it that's didn't take that's me, like, not super crazy weird for you, though. You, yeah, I know. But like, like, like you watch like, it like late like, at night, started. falls asleep, and it's restarted. No, no, no. It's, uh, I started it. I got bored. Went oh, to dang. sleep. Woke up and didn't finish it until that next day. Um, so I wasn't like incredibly invested in this movie. I don't know. Um, th- this, this movie. I don't know. It, it, it scared me. It scared me because I wasn't sure what to expect from here on out because I don't know, I didn't have the most pleasant experience while watching it. So um, to have watched this, um, I, I was I was a bit nervous to see, you know, what was to come. Like, are all of Wes Anderson movies going to be like this? Like, am I going to struggle watching them? Um, so I don't know. This this movie kind of gave me a scare, but upon upon you know further further thought and analyzation, uh, it, it's it's not it's not as bad as I thought it was. I mean, I mean, of course, it's a, it's a solid film. You know, I I gave it uh, three stars on Letterboxd, but um, I don't know. I, I don't I definitely don't think it's as great as I think it's my least favorite of the Wes Anderson films. Um, Didn't you just say Rushmore was, or was that Connor? Um, I think, um, uh, I think you did say that Rushmore was your least favorite, David. Is it? Are you having, a, cri- are you having a crisis of faith? That's gonna be the rest of the podcast. I, I, I actually like, don't sleep. like any of the movies, they're all zeros. They're all bad. <laughs> no, okay, it's not bad. It's just like in comparison to like the latest okay. stuff. I don't know. Okay, um, which one's your least favorite, this or Rushmore? Uh, this. The, the, okay. He goes. He goes. Okay. I love dogs. Actually. No. No. I love. No, oh. I love dogs. No, I'm I like that one. Um, no, that's my least favorite. Is it? Yeah. Um, we'll get there. We we'll get there. We'll get there. We we'll get there. Um. But I mean, I I, I definitely like the performances of uh Ben Stiller, Gwyneth Paltrow, um Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson. I think. Yeah, Luke Wilson. Yeah, Luke, yeah, Luke Wilson. Um, other than phenomenal performances, um, Gene Hackman. Yes, that's who it is. Crap. No, it's funny. I kept, th- I kept thinking Dustin Hoffman and going, no, it's Dustin not Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. Like, no, I kept Gene thinking Hackman that and going, it's not him. He's absolutely incredible in this film. I love him so much in this movie. Ah, like, crap. like the scene where he's, like, on the bus with, like, where he's, like, you know, going around with Ben Stiller's kids, showing them kind of a good time since they've been so sheltered, right? Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. That whole scene's incredible. Okay, continue. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's, it's it's definitely a good scene. I definitely like Gene Hackman's performance in this movie. Probably um, the person who's carrying this film the most, honestly. Um, like, I honestly can't think of a better lead for this movie than Gene Hackman. Um, I think his performance was absolutely incredible. Um, I I totally agree. Um, but I don't know. I I just I just really vibe with this movie. You know, it's like it's, you know one of those things. You know, like if you don't vibe, you don't vibe, right? Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. yeah um... I'll I'll try to expand a little with what I thought. Um, I did, I kind of had to agree. I think my biggest thing that kind of jarred me, though at first I realized I, I actually not at first this is what bugged me. And I realized it's kind of not really it. Like I thought at first it was weird because like it didn't feel like 
it felt like Wes Anderson was trying to do a comedy, but like didn't put any jokes in. But at first I realized, no, that's kind of, I'm kind of missing the point. I think like what the vibe of the movie is trying to do is kind of similar to what Darjeeling does, where it deals with like a lot of people going through a lot of really rough times, and but like nobody addressing it. So like the entire movie is kind of like this, like build up to acknowledging that everybody here is just kind of having a rough time and they need to like talk about it or deal with it. Um, that's kind of the vibe it got. And I think why I felt it was kind of comedic, but not really, is Wes Anderson's style is so distinctive and so, like, it, it, it doesn't feel like a traditional, you know, heavier movie. It kind of it moves a lot more. You know, the camera's moving around back and forth. And, like, it doesn't really feel like the movie's ever slowing down to stop and deal with this kind of stuff. So I think that was what kind of jarred me at first. And as a result of that, I think the scenes that were meant to be heavy just didn't really hit me as hard because I was just kind of wasn't in the right set of mind. Um, at least that's my thought. I don't know if that's the movie's fault or my fault because I watched, uh, I think I'd watched Fantastic Mr. Fox first. Which it's kind your of, fault. It is probably my fault. Um, but I think like, I just, I guess I just kind of felt as though the movie was heavier than it needed to be. That being said, I probably wrong. Uh, that, this is the one I didn't, I need to rewatch as well. Yeah. That being said, okay, so, I'll let you finish, sorry. I'll be, I'll be a little bit now, but I mean, like, I think it's a, I think it does what it needs to do pretty solidly. I just think, like, I wish that I enjoyed the characters and I enjoyed the tone and I enjoyed what the film was going for more than I did, ultimately. I mean, okay. I could be wrong, though. Now you can go ahead. So there's a lot to take in here um, for me. Um, from what you guys have said. Yeah. I, I feel like this so, is one of those situations where like if anybody yeah. listens to this and I get to hear their thoughts, they're just gonna roast the crap out of my fakes. Yeah. So it's all right. I'm not gonna roast you, but I'm going to attempt to address some of the stuff you said. Um the main thing was that stuff about like tone, um, which I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um so the film is a drama. Saying you didn't find it funny. I, well, I, I thought it came off like a comedy, but ultimately wasn't funny. Like that was the kind of vibe I got. Not necessarily that I well, think it was funny. I'd say it is funny. Um, in many points, it's not a comedy full on. It's more like I call it a dramedy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot. Like I really comedy wise, most scenes with Owen Wilson, a lot of the visual gags when they're like showing the kids. Um, that's Pagoda, like I mentioned earlier. He's really funny. Like, just everything. Gene Hackman's hilarious in this movie. So I think there's a lot of comedic stuff in there. And then, but it is mostly, like, a drama with sort of a, like, the that's what Wes Anderson kind of went for here. And later on, he did go more comedic with his films, um, for sure. And even earlier, like, his first two films are overtly more like comedies. Mm-hmm. This one, a drama with, like, you know, it's like a tone. It's, I think it works extremely well. Sure. Watch the movie okay. as it is without much expectations. It can, like, I get why you thought that, especially on your first viewing. But I think the movie, like, you got, like, this movie is heavy, especially near the end. Like, uh, the scene where Luke Wilson's, like, cutting himself, like, that's, that's heavy. That's probably the most and distinct it, image I got from this movie. Like, yeah. that was, that and was, and then really... there's some, it, it goes into some territories that are a little weird, like, uh, Luke Wilson and Gwyneth Paltrow. It's a That's little weird. weird. That That's, is it's, so it's weird. a weird trend that I've noticed with movies. Like some movies just do that, and then I just sit there going, like, why, why bother? You know, like. But here's what I like. No, let me say some things though. I'm not saying it's not weird, but I think the way the film went about it was 
really good. Um, in terms of not saying it's good, they're not saying it's bad. The film doesn't take a stance on it. No one does. And then the scene when Luke Wilson's talking about it with Gene Hackman and he like just says, well, like no one's going to accept it, but you do you, basically, right? Yeah, the mature way he could handle talking to it about, talking about it with him. I think in the end, it's actually good. Like, yeah, it's weird. I'm not denying that, but just be, but I think looking at a movie and seeing something that's a little weird like that and then dismissing it or like look just in just saying this is bad because I don't agree with this. I think that's silly because it's a movie. Uh, It can take like, like when we get to the next one, (laughs) I don't think, I don't think anyone thinks Steve Zissou is a very good person, but that doesn't make the movie any less. You know what? I'm going to be out. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make a bold take. I think Steve Zissou is a pretty good father. Uh, Okay. We'll get to that. But, (laughs) um, not quite. We'll get to that. I, I do have a lot to say here. So yeah, that I get why someone would be put off by that. But when you guys, when or if you guys give this another watch, just try to look at it in the way I kind of described there. Um, what else? There was another thing I wanted to say about the end, but I can't quite remember what it was. But it was oh yeah, the, that crazy end where like yeah, everything goes wrong. Goes, yeah. <laughs> he crashes into the and like um, does he kill the dog or almost kill the dog? He kills the I, dog. Does he, he kill? Dead. I love. Like, I, I don't love that he killed the dog, but I love that this movie is so like unapologetically dark. And same with the next one. It's crazy where Wes Anderson basically ended up going with like his plots and stuff, considering just how like dark. Like, and th- these movies like this, CBZ Two and Darjeeling are all like straight up R-rated. I'm pretty sure they're all R-rated, yep. and they're like. They have some dark subject matter and they're serious. And then all of a sudden, I mean, most of his movies are actually R-rated. I yeah, think the only, the only ones, ones that aren't are Moonrise and the two. Isle of Dogs. Ones. And yeah, yeah. And uh, the Fox, which you wouldn't expect from uh, like his style. And that's kind of what I like about it. And it looks like this next one will be as well, probably. Right. Uh, Should we move which, on to it? Yeah. We, you um, want to move on? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. We can, we that's can move it. to Life Aquatic. Yep. Um, but real quick, I want to bring up something that I just want to, I've been thinking about, about Wes Anderson's movies uh, that okay. I think we can carry over to all of them is especially now Wes Anderson is starting to pick up on at least what I think he's doing with his movies is each movie is representing like a deep dive into a certain kind of relationship uh, with, with really Rushmore being the only outlier. Each movie kind of dives into two, at least two or two groups of people and like, it talks about like how that relationship can be affected by you know this or that, and like depends on the movie. Uh, how is Rushmore about... the exception when the whole point is? Well, the I, love I, don't think, I don't think it's like two separate groups. I just I couldn't figure oh, out like okay. what it represented. What I'm saying is like with Bottle Rocket, it's the relationship between two friends. With mm-hmm. uh, with Royal Tenenbaums, it's the relationship between a distant family who you know who's had you know really no connection over this year over these years. With uh, Life Aquatic, as we're about to. It's or we're about to get into, which is kind of like the father and son kind of connection. With okay. um, with Darjeeling, it's the connection between brothers, and specifically, yeah. again, similar to with Royal Tenenbaums, brothers who had been distant. Uh, mm-hmm. With with a fantastic Mr. Fox, it's the relationship between a father and the rest of his family, and what responsibilities he has to his yeah. family. With Moonrise, the relationship between you know two lovers. A lot of a lot of yeah. things actually in Moonrise. Yeah, there's actually a couple in there too, but mostly yeah. between two. Yeah. who are in relationships. Young love, specifically. Yeah. And and um, I don't know how Rushmore doesn't fit in because... Well, I mean, like, Rushmore, I just felt like is not... Rushmore think, has, like, 
Well, here, let me just. Rushmore has the sort of like father figure relationship. Well, yeah, it has like father figure, but not at the forefront. I mean, like literally, like if you had to pick these movies out at the forefront, this main idea is. I, I I'm not saying it's it, that's a negative thing. I'm just saying I couldn't pick out pick out exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, Student and, then, and teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's, I actually almost kind of got that's more what I got from Grand Budapest. This idea of like mentor okay. and yeah, you know yeah. friendship yeah. as well, like a bit of both. And then I love dogs. Is dogs boy and dog. Yeah, boy and a dog. Yeah. So that's basically yeah. what I was trying to get to. This idea that like yeah. uh, Wes Anderson di- kind of dives into a relationship and kind of explores what can affect it, what changes it, mm-hmm. what strengthens it. I thought it was kind of an interesting thing. Anyways, yeah. Life Aquatic. Including Rushmore. I don't know how that does I'm sorry. sorry. We're not going to argue about that, but I don't yeah, no get worries. it. Uh, Life Aquatic. Uh, Life Aquatic is a really interesting movie because I think yeah. you get the first and I think the biggest dive into his dive. style yeah like i think wes anderson <laughs> in this one took probably his most there was the most amount of changes that felt that that would be carried over into the rest of his movies like in terms of the style and the direction um i think mm-hmm. in my opinion i think he's very much reflected amongst the other movies coming forward or moving forward this movie's so good right it's really good um it's great who wants to take over who wants to start talking about it Logan, Logan <laughs> we may never know who said that first. Um, I, I can start. I can yeah, I'll have David start, um, and then we can, you know, like bounce around. All right. So, um, positive things. I like this movie. That was really good. Um, even though I watched Darjeeling before this, um, I really liked it. Um, this, I think this might be his longest film, I want to say. I think so, but it's only two hours. Like, his movies are really short. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This one's pretty long, but it's nothing like, it's not like super long. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not super long, but it's definitely like longer in comparison to the other ones. Um, I, I think, I just think that like, as this movie went on, I liked it more. Because um, I just felt like, it, it, it's, ve- it's very Wes Anderson-y. Like, I feel like up until this point, like, having only seen Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums and Darjeeling Limited, um, watching Life Aquatic, um, this one felt the most like Wes Anderson that I've, I've seen. Like, I was like, okay, now I think I fully understand, like, a Wes Anderson film. Like, like what makes a Wes Anderson film a Wes Anderson film? So I really liked it in that regard because it helped me truly understand um, him better as a director and just his style because, you know, you can definitely just tell through the cinematography and how he moves the camera um, and just at the characters. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier with the almost like that kind of expressions, right? Um, I thought this is like super, super worth Anderson. He maybe even like, this was the one where he like brought his style out fully. Like it's nuts. Some of the yeah, he, came out, he came out as Wes Anderson that day. Yeah, right, right, he right, right. Came out of the closet. Right, right, right. right. Um, but I, I really adore this movie. It's, it's so good. Um, I, I'd definitely watch it again. Uh, if I had, the, if I had a chance. Um, it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun, and I really like how it explores kind of that, that father son relationship, and I really liked how, um. It's it's almost a, a like I was talking to Connor earlier. Um, we went for a walk. We were talking about this movie and how um, it, it's almost like a you know an adult coming of age film. You know, like kind of mm-hmm. accepting 
um, your role and um, I guess coming to terms with uh, the person that you are today and how you know you're not who you used to be and you are who you are now right um, sure. and I, I just think that's so amazing I really like the themes of this movie it's, um, it's, it's a lot I of like fun. red beanies yes. oh yeah the red beanies are pretty cool I mean that's just a I like Willem Dafoe is in it Klaus. and he wears shorts and I like that he wears yeah well I think Honestly, it might be a bold take. I don't know. But I feel like this is probably my favorite character that Willem Dafoe has played. Yee. Like, there's some competition there for sure. Yeah. I just, I love how, for once, Willem Dafoe doesn't play a character who's super self-assured or, like, in any way, like, confident. Like, as soon yeah. as, as soon as uh, Owen Wilson challenged him, he suddenly becomes, like, this whiny puppy dog who sits there like really upset anytime anybody does validate him i don't know why it's just really funny yeah it's it's such a great like character so that really really was a pleasant surprise i completely forgot he was in this movie Mm -hmm. Um, i forgot this movie's kind of an action movie a bit at points which is the only people like what if wes anderson made an action movie uh he kind of did yeah right there's some big action scenes in this there's multiple there's multiple like shootouts in the movie and they're really they're kind of exactly what you and yeah this movie is the generic wes anderson look when like (laughs) people think they're being clever by making oh what if this was wes anderson and they're not being that clever it's just kind of stupid you know you know about I like, it, I think yeah. that's like the Wes Anderson horror movie skit. Yeah, that stuff skit. Like that. Eh, it's not really that funny. But anyways, this is the one that did started that. And it's also, in if we're talking live action, it's also very prevalent. Like, he dials it back for Darjeeling, which was a very good move. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also in Moonrise and uh, Budapest a lot. But we'll talk. I'm going to talk about this movie now. Okay, this movie's great. I just watched it. I kind of skimmed it because I didn't have much time. I'm sorry, but I still just watched it. Wow, that's, like, that's like movie fan heresy, I think. I like, know, you can't do that. I had no choice. I needed to rewatch this one. It might be a 10. I'm not sure. I'm going to probably, like, I'm going to do the binge and watch it properly. Um, that's my plan. Rewatch gonna, it again. like, lock himself in his room for, like, three days and reflect and then come out and be a... No, no, I'm just going to rewatch properly and not skim i just had to do it for the podcast i had i had no choice okay sure. uh it's great <laughs> it's so good though i love that i love like this like this like this is the part where he's showing a ship and it, it's like a diorama mm-hmm. almost like this little um, stop motion diorama thing yeah. or the part where he's introducing they're showing his little short film he's introducing the crew and then there's just a random lady the script writer who's topless for no mm-hmm. reason and, and she's, she's like that for like most of the movie too. She's kind of she's there. no, she's just kind of in the background sometimes, and like no one's making comments about her. No one's acknowledging it. She just doesn't have a shirt on. It's really funny. I don't like some people might find that like have a problem with that. I think it's hilarious. Um, I think it's like one of the funniest jokes in like Wes Anderson. One of his funnier jokes. Like I don't know why it made me laugh every time, but it was just, it's just so weird. And that's mm-hmm. this movie has a lot of those vibes. This movie's really funny. I'd say some might disagree. I, I laughed a lot. Yeah, I remember I rewatched this. I, I watched this for the first time with my parents. I remember they oh. mentioned they're like, they're like, yeah, we first saw this. We were surprised how not funny it was. And oh. they rewatched it and realized they're like, oh, okay, wait. They're like, I don't think we got it the first time. This is all kind yeah. of funny. Well, this is like my parents would probably hate this movie and not 
like that they would like that's this this feels like a movie a lot of like Wes Anderson these types of things a lot of parents aren't going to dig this kind of oh, yeah style. I mean don't go into My it thinking it's going to be like a laugh out loud comedy it's not no not even comedy wise like they don't want like this over the top style it's too weird for them a lot of, <laughs> too weird don't like it can't watch it no yeah yeah I don't know if your parent your guys parents or anything like that but mine sure can be at least and I'm not saying that is a bad thing either it's just oh, like sure. it's like, I'm like the general public type thing you know it's not just I'm not dissing my parents specifically. I'm just saying oh, in a So that's way. why you accepted to come on the podcast. You just wanted to roast your parents. Off. No, no. I love my parents. And they have pretty good taste too. My well, dad let me guess. Is I'm... his favorite film Shawshank? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Ladies and gentlemen. I, it's, not, it's not, but it's up there. It's not, but he did mention it as one of the best movies. No, I was like, my dad said it too. I feel like any yeah. dad who's watched movies I mean, in college or something I, at one point will acknowledge Shawshank's their favorite. I don't blame them. Like, come on, it's Shawshank. Anyways, let's get back on topic because I don't want to roast. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back on topic. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this was great. I I know I'm having trouble elaborating recently, but I, I can get a little nervous sometimes. Yeah, all the actors. Sorry. This is his first. Like, no, that's a lie. This is not his first ensemble. That was a huge lie. We were just talking about the Royal Tenenbaum second row. But this is an ensemble, and it's a great one. Bill Murray is the main character, which is always a good thing. Angelica Houston's in it. She's in basically all of them, and she's great. Uh, we already mentioned Will Defoe is in it, and he wears shorts. You got Jeff Goldblum. So he's great. So he's great. You got – it's great. I love it. I love everything. The shootouts are – I just wanted to mention, they're so – different in the way they're shot it's kind of like the slow pan back and forth and like no one's getting hit it's really funny it's great and like the stop motion in this movie this is the first time Wes Anderson did stop motion with all the underwater scenes incredible it's just just so like it's so bizarre like you're like why did he why did he stop motion animals like it's not bad it's just you're sitting there like huh like they do not they're definitely stop motion stylistic right there's no it's so stylized in all the best ways it's gorgeous movie this was his first like big quote-unquote wes anderson-y type movie it's epic it's got owen wilson and his name his character's last name is plimpton which is funny to me for some reason this is the one that has kate blanchett um Mm -hmm. not not the other one that i said she was in dumbledore's in it it's a great movie. I like it a little bit. Wait, I did Dumbledore's in it? Yeah, Dumbledore's in it. The second Dumbledore. Oh, right. Yeah. So I forgot yeah. the second Dumbledore. I don't think I've gotten to that point in the Harry Potter movies yet. I don't know. If you do Harry Potter... Oh, actually, I already did that. Never mind. I, need to, I need to watch the rest of them. Well, anyways. We will anyway. focus. Yeah. Keep focused. Yeah. Um, Life Aquatic is really solid. Um, I am a sucker for movies that are about like, you know, people like famous people coming to the grips of the fact that they're not famous anymore. Like movies like Sunset Boulevard, Birdman. I love that kind of mentality. And this sure. is totally like that. It's Wes Anderson's kind of take on like almost like a midlife crisis, which he does again with Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he did a really solid job here. And I think it's one of those movies that I think will get better the more you watch it and will get better the older you get watching it. I feel like if you connect with the characters really well as you know, as time goes on, you'll start to appreciate, I, I feel, I mean, I might be wrong. I feel you'll appreciate more, like, the, themes, I think you're the right. ideas of the movie. Yeah. And it's and the same thing as the ideas of parenting, where, like, it almost comes off as, like, Bill Murray's trying really hard to have a son just because he wants to leave an impact after he's gone, you know? Like, he wants something to, you know, something that keeps his name alive and keeps, you know, a part of him alive, even though 
the part of him he wants to be alive is kind of gone. So it's this, it's, it's a very bittersweet movie. And I think it's just a really solid, really solidly made film and really like, you could tell Wes Anderson's starting to get his footing and you can just tell him the way he directed it and the way he wrote it. Very, very solid movie. But yes, yes, yes. I know this is the moment we've all been waiting for because David told me he really wanted to talk about this because, you know, he really liked this one. And that is the most Darjeeling. underappreciated Wes Anderson movie. The amount of Wes Anderson fans are like, oh, this is his weakest one, which I used to say because I was stupid. I don't know why everyone hates, like, dislikes this one more than the others. Yeah, Darjeeling is really solid. And I think I first time I watched it, I didn't quite get, I didn't quite you feel it. You were one of those guys. No, I rewatched it. I redid. I did. I rewatched it, and it was really solid. Um, this is the one that's better on a rewatch for dumbass Wes Anderson fans like myself. That's fair. Um, well, well, since David's been a little quiet, we'll have him kick it off. Talk about what he likes about it. Sorry, I talk too much. David. No, it's all good. good. It's just David. David has a tendency to not talk about some stuff sometimes, so I gotta pull him in. It's all good. Yeah, uh, Dungeon Limited. I really like this film. Um, I, th- I thought it was, I think it's probably one of my favorites. It's definitely up there. Um, I, I def- yeah, it, it definitely has that, you know, that Wes Anderson kind of flair to it. Um, I really like how it kind of takes a, a, a slightly different approach. You know, it follows the, you know, three brothers, you know, on a train um, in India trying to, to bond and how they all really just don't, trust each other um in the beginning and how you know you have to see you know their relationships kind of you know grow um and how you know eventually they end up you know do trusting each other but you know it, it, t- it took a lot it took um i'm not gonna really go into too many spoilers but i just i just love the amount of times this movie that like he talked they talk to each other behind each other's back like, yeah each one will come together talk about the other one and then you know yeah. one person will leave and the same thing happens again the other people it's yeah, just, it's really like, fun. That was a funny segment, like because that was happening a lot near the beginning with Owen. Right, right, right. right. Um, I feel like I feel like tonally, Dodgeling um, Limited is definitely one of his darker ones, mm-hmm. um, especially towards the end. Um, there's oh, a very, okay. like a somber tone to it, uh, which is something that up until this point, you know, I haven't really seen too much. So to have this kind of change of pace, I really liked it. Um, like I said, it's definitely one of my favorite ones. Um, and I feel like having that kind of cinematography, um, where, you know, he kind of keeps the camera, you know, straight, doesn't really make too many cuts and he kind of just moves it along. I think that works really well with the train. Um, you're taking like a moving object and kind of like shifting the camera along. I think that really works, you know, with all the different like train cars and stuff. Very solid choice. Really liked it. Um, I think the dialogue is also great. Um, oh, for sure. I think one of the better written ones, for sure. Really, really. I think it's. I think the dialogue is one of the strongest. Uh, it's become a trend with his movies where, like, the dialogue is just always fantastic. <laughs> but this is this this one's got a bit more to it. It's got more to say, mm-hmm. I'd say, yeah. than a lot of his other movies. Which I'm not saying like like my favorite of his, which most people listening already know. But like, I'm we'll gonna save the suspense for David specifically. Um, <laughs> But like with that, but with like, let's look at like even Grand Budapest. It doesn't have much to say, but it's just a fun film with a lot happening. But this one feels like it's trying to say more, a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, and this is like his most interesting setting wise, a movie set in India, a lot of 
people who are Wes Anderson fans might not have seen some of those, like move, like a lot of stuff that's set in India. Uh, oh, yeah, the, traditional West, the traditional Wes Anderson fan, I guess, hates Indian movies. Then. Not saying they hate Indian movies. I'm just saying Wes Anderson movies are super duper white. Uh, like I know there's uh, a lot no, of- I've, already, I've already heard too much, Dave. We're ending this episode right now. <laughs> No, am i wrong like i mean maybe I mean, well, the thing is I, the cast are always really white but also like they totally take place in like traditionally like really white settings like you know new england no, in the no, 50s with West, moonrise have you seen what west anderson looks like no, you're you right you're, i get you yeah. you're super like i'm not like making like i am i am super white west anderson's uh, the what is the is Wes Anderson an inclusive director conversation maybe needs to be withheld for another time. That being said, okay. he does have very traditionally not diverse casts, which you know he's I mean, working on. He's, he's working got on pagoda it. in there usually. Yeah, he, he does work on some it. Of them. Like, uh, yeah. what's it called? Uh, French Dispatch has a more like, pretty diverse cast. So. Yeah, it's in, got, in comparison, uh, so in there and stuff. So we're getting there. Yeah, progress. One, Anyways. I, I've heard arguments that I don't know that, and I don't want to get into. I just want to acknowledge that they exist. There are people I've heard people who like think this movie is very in poor taste. Uh, specifically, I believe with that scene near near the endish with like the kid who dies. I think a kid dies. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I thought about that. I noticed it. I wouldn't necessarily. I th- I taste. thought it was great, but uh, I thought it was really interesting. I didn't think it was in bad taste. But again, I like I just said, I am very white, so I can't really say. I don't know. I don't yeah. know much about like the context of it. It seemed fine to me, but I don't know like what that whole ceremony and everything is based upon. I don't know I, anything about it. So I mean, I'll take. I'll just do a real quick my interpretation of it, very briefly. Okay. I think more. It's not necessarily. I or actually, I should say, I think what it, it's trying to represent is these three brothers kind of getting faced with a similar situation to what they were going through, where someone in a family was lost, mm-hmm. and seeing other people dealing with it, and in in like seeing these this family kind of dealing with the wake of this of this uh you know loss, and then going through different customs and ways they ways that they would deal with this kind of thing, mm-hmm. kind of like puts them in their place almost, almost like makes them realize like they've been dealing with their family oh, dealing with this crisis for far too long and not being yeah. able to truly move past it. So it's almost like it was that snap back to reality kind of thing where like seeing oh, someone else dealing with it. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to say that over and over again, I guess, but yeah. um, it kind of made them realize just how much they've been letting it get to them. And it's time to like face it so they can move on, you know? Yeah. I'm such an but, idiot. I'm sorry. I'm being stupid again. It's funny because, uh, for a minute there, I thought you were like mock crying. I'm like, oh man, that's, I'm, that's like me trying to hold in a giggle while you're talking. That's all. I know, I'm too funny. With me, I'm what laughing at my own stupid ass joke. Oh, what um, you? Huh? I'm sorry. I was just laughing at my own stupid joke with me saying, "Oh, there goes gravity," because you said it twice now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just gonna keep saying that. It's gonna be the only joke I'm gonna we're gonna make today. The only joke in the whole podcast is us saying this stupid. Jo- okay, anyways, this movie's great. Uh, <laughs> I said yeah. that a lot, but it's true. This movie is very visually great. Like the inside of the train, they all have, like the train cars all have different colors. Um, the slow moving like works best. Like uh, David mentioned, on a train, it fits perfectly. It's magnifique. I don't know. Um, it was an audio kiss. I mean, maybe I'll, I, yeah. there've been many times where we've tried to do visual stuff on the podcast and go oh, right. Yeah, I did. I did the little chef's kiss hand thing there. So if you're if you're wondering, but it's great. It's great. Uh, it's beautiful. 
Um, I really liked, I did, and Angelica Houston's in this one. Big shock. Holy crap. Yeah, right. She's in, like she's in the last three. Owen Wilson's in it too. I'm mind blown, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, it's great. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm really trying to come up with specific stuff to say. I just think the chemistry, I think the actors were all perfectly casted. The chemistry between the three of them or lack thereof, if you will, yeah, right. was perfectly well, like on purpose, lack thereof was perfectly well done. Really interesting. Um, Owen Wilson having that like cast thing on his head the whole time was pretty funny. It just looked goofy, but it worked. Um, they all have the three leads all have very distinct noses. Um, Which, it doesn't really add yeah, anything no, that's to the a conversation. Weird thing. Like, I, people point that but out it, a lot. It's, like, it's like, they pick the three most distinct noses in Hollywood. But, like, all three of them, have, they do have pretty distinct noses. Um, Thank you, Wes. Am I wrong? No, yeah, uh, you're right, you're Marshall right. also has a weird-ass nose. They all, what's with Wes Anderson and <laughs> weird noses? His nose know. looks like a, a little, too, but not as much as Owen's. He's an artiste, bro. Don't question it. Here's my one question. So Wes Anderson casts three brothers. One of them's Owen Wilson. What happened to Luke? I don't think he's in any. Yeah, Luke Anderson doesn't show up anymore. No, he's just gone after uh, Tenenbaums. What happened? I don't know, man. Maybe they had even a fight. Andrew Wilson was in one of them. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they had a fight. You know, maybe the Wilson brothers broke up. Maybe they maybe. broke up. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay. I yeah, I really appreciated Darjeeling on rewatch because, like, so, like, I mentioned it when we were talking about the girl Tenenbaums, but like. This the idea of like seeing these three three brothers dealing with grief in like three distinct different ways is really interesting, and you see it how like how they how it affects them and how they act and how that kind of like annoys everybody. Like how like how Owen Wilson's really irritated that uh, Adrian Brody keeps using this using his dad's stuff. Like <laughs> I love that kind of like small detail and the idea that like each person is dealing with it in their own way, and. Mm-hmm they all just cannot accept that. Like they can't accept that these three people, like these three brothers aren't connected anymore and therefore living life differently and dealing with this loss. Differently. So this is kind of vague in my mind, but I remember these flashbacks to like when they're trying to get to the funeral and like mm-hmm. they were sort of throughout the film, they're slowly showing what happened. Yeah. I don't remember what happened, but I remember that being very effective. Yeah. I mean, they just did a really great job of like dealing with like these or taking it very slow. With, like, about grief. With these, yeah. And then you see these people dealing with that. It's a very, gr- very grief-heavy Again, movie. This is but... his movie that is the most about something. Right. Yeah, that, I that think if sense. you're going to ever make a video essay on a um, Darjeeling, oh, or not Darjeeling, on a Wes Anderson movie, Darjeeling would make the most yeah. sense to do it on, I mm-hmm. feel like. Yeah, um, if you want to be, like, if you, yeah. You sure. want to be, you know, high pinky artiste, you know. Artiste Pretty pinky. sure all of Wes Anderson's movies have probably had, like, 10 oh, I'm sure plenty. <laughs> video yeah. essays are all, like, terrible made about them. Maybe yeah. some good ones. Why know. Bottle Rocket is the greatest Wes Anderson film. Why, why I Love Dogs. Why well, they're is... wrong, I'm right. Why exactly, basically. Is not the most uninteresting in terms of characters Wes Anderson. I can't wait for the Nostalgia Critic editorial. Oh, yeah. Yes. Three. Four. Fantastic Mr. Fox? You're really... David's here. David's watch, and he's David's tapping on... it over and over again, going, let's move. Business. Yeah, Keep, right. Keeping no, us I on track. It. Keeping us on we track. We still have four movies to go track. in about an hour, so... Listen, we're going through... We're, we're talking about eight movies, and we're only, like, just under an hour in. That's pretty impressive. That's, That's true. We're well, yeah. making good progress, considering you got me here. 
Um, That's true. We're, we're, we're <laughs> keeping it focused, all things considered. If this was film broadcast, this episode would be like two and a half hours long. So we're <laughs> doing Let's pretty go. good. Yeah. Anywho, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Woo! This, is first, this is the first one I ever watched. I loud. watched it as a kid. And I was like, yeah. that was weird. And then never watched it again until I got it recently. And then we watched it. And went, Wait a minute. This is really yeah. good. This um, movie is both a kid's movie with, with and also not a kid's movie is a way to. It's a kid's movie and kids could enjoy it if you're a weird kid. I was a weird kid, but I didn't really. I didn't really. It didn't jive with me. Not that I remember. Like, I, it wasn't a movie I like actually. I think it was just one of those movies that was on in the background one time. And I'm like, huh, it's kind of weird looking. And I just didn't think about it. You know, like it kind of freaked me out a little, honestly. Yeah, stop motion. Looking, I no, I like stop motion, but this specific stop motion is weird looking, and you can't act like it isn't. Uh, like it just does. Like I'm saying, it moves. It, it's unique, but like when they're like when like he looks at the face and smiles, that's like like my. Oh yeah, it doesn't help that it's also Wes Anderson. Like, and Wes Anderson loves those clo- super super close ups on people's faces. Yeah, and they just don't look right in this one. And I'm not saying that as an insult. This is my second favorite, and I think that works for the movie. But as a kid, I'm like, okay, and then just kind of didn't think about it after that until I was older, when I was watching all his movies. The one that the one that got me into him was actually Grand Budapest, which is now a little bit lower ranked on my list, but. It was like a big one for me earlier. Anyways, I'm getting off topic again. What, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, go ahead. I'm like fuming right now because I'm not like sticking right on topic. But anyways, okay. <laughs> uh, so this movie, why do how do I explain why it's my second favorite? Oh yes, Willem Dafoe is a rat. Wow. All right, that was brief. Okay. So this movie's amazing. It's got this really fairy tale feel. And Roald Dahl, if you guys are familiar with the author of the book, is an incredible, incredible kids author. Really Might have been racist, I think, but like what kids oh, yeah. often wanted. Yeah, right. Um, so like once, once, the, once the Dr. Seuss scandal got out, like, you know, like... Pretty, you know, like, I'm not even saying that. I'm pretty sure this, but I'm just talking about him as a kid's author. Incredible. I loved a lot of movies based on him as a kid. You know, I love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, the, the remake. Um, sorry, I like the, <laughs> I like the original now too, but the remake was my childhood one. I loved Matilda, and this one. I don't know. I've never actually read the book. It doesn't feel like it is accurate to the book, but they took the little nursery rhyme in the book and they turned it into this like haunting sort of song. Oh yeah, Bob, the, the, Bob, the yes. song. Their that designs are incredible. Detail, yeah. Openings, so the openings amazing. It's like a heist movie, like almost like an. I think. This is one of the few movies where I don't want to punch George Clooney in the face because I can't see his face. So, like, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm just coming out here with the hot takes. No, it's all uh, good. It's, it's funny because me and David watched while we were down, while I was, while I was up there, we watched Up in the Air. And oh. another example of wanting to punch George Clooney in the face because he's just a terrible human being. Yeah, that, well, he plays terrible human beings. Yeah, in that movie. Is it, yeah, it's an he plays fine. douchey douchebags. And in this he does too, but it works. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I'm having trouble talking about this one for some reason. I love it. I I cussing love it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's funny because I was trying to. Think someone about... else talk, please. I'm having a lot of trouble here. <laughs> I was trying to think of a, of a cuss related joke to include my yeah. review for for Fantastic Mr. Fox when I logged it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put in insert cuss related joke here. Okay. So but... you guys talk, and then I'll take. I just like wasted like two minutes. Just that's rambling. all right. Talking, David, please help me. They would save Logan. <laughs> okay. First of all, um, the cuss joke is so just overused and exhausted, honestly. I've seen so many comments from the movie use that. 
I know. Which that's is, why which is it's true. incredibly it's kind of funny. That's, that's why I said it and did a mock wheezing laugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, but yeah I think I think something's really good. Um, you know, something I noticed while watching it was the dialogue. I think personally, the dialogue is really good here. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, funny. This is probably his funniest movie. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Of Grand fun. Budapest. Like Last time I watched it, I was losing my shit. Honestly, yeah, it was it was, it was funny. It was, it was a fun. But this one, I, I might just interject because that's easy. I'm better when I'm actually having a conversation with people. I think when it comes to discussing, it's all good. So, I'm not judging you or anything. Yeah. It's, I'm just saying I might thoughts. interject when you guys are saying your thoughts because it's easier for me to get my thoughts out that way. Sure, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, um, to have a like a stop motion animation movie, um, like. I think that works really well with just Wes Anderson's style with kind of the um, like almost like emotionless uh, kind of feel to the characters, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I feel like if a Wes Anderson movie was like like CGI animated or like 2D animated, um, I feel like they'd actually be too mm-hmm. have too much emotion to their face, you know? Though I could see a, a really great Wes Anderson movie animated like that world of tomorrow like dan hersfeld style you know like stick figures look depressed i actually wouldn't mind yeah. that <laughs> arguably every movie after this that wes anderson made is stop motion i'm not saying that in a literal yeah. sense but like his style did like and i know like technically i'd say this style started with uh the one in the submarine i don't know why i forgot life aquatic <laughs> life but aquatic. already jesus <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my brain's all over the place right now um but i feel like his style like you look at the next one which oh boy but um wait, actually what's the next one yeah okay anyways wow, you look at that roller coaster. yeah and that's a completely different like that is like pop-up book it looks like a pop-up book almost a lot of the environments in that movie are completely like models and stuff right mm-hmm. the same with like a bunch of scenes, like the the sledding scene in Grand Budapest is like clearly like a stop motion. Yeah, Grand Budapest has so many models and such. Like yeah, exactly. Really and that started with this, really. I'd say again, a bit of it in Life Aquatic, but it really came like with his stop motion. It changed his filmmaking style, or the better, or the worse. I don't know. Some think it's for the worse. I think it's yeah, overall for the better. If you're Killian, it's for the worse. But if you're yeah, well, a Killian, Killian has a whole thing about that he's um someone we know uh <laughs> yeah we talked about it he commented on my grand budapest review about it um, uh, yeah but yeah no i get it um mm-hmm. I, I it's weird because i've never seen a director make one movie and then go that i want to make that yeah again and again and, and again I, <laughs> because i'd say before this his movies even though were all distinct more than the next ones and uh, even though i love all of them. You know, the, you, you know uh, in Mitchell's vs. Machines at the very beginning of the movie, when she's like, it took me a while to find myself, and it's like popping around through like different outfits and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that was his lead up, and then, you know, that was that was yeah. all of his movies until Fantastic Wizard Fox. He made this, then, a, I this right. movie now, again and again, but it works. It works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, but if really you like, like this. You're not going to like the rest of his movies after this. And I totally don't, I'm not going to act like that's a, oh, excuse me, like that's a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, you definitely get Wes Anderson after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a really solid movie. Um, like I mentioned. Wilma Thompson. What's up? 
Willem Dafoe plays a rat. That's true. That's always good. Um, but yeah, like this is another one of those movies. Like I mentioned, it's it's totally like a midlife crisis style thing. But mm-hmm. what makes it work so well is, like David said, the dialogue is so sharp and like yeah. everything, every line is delivered perfectly with that weird kind of awkward, like you know, very socially awkward feel to it. Where like nobody For can sure. really say anything confidently or like with any sort of poise. It's always just this very bizarre and like awkward pause to it. It's, it's such an odd thing with the dialogue, but it's perfectly delivered. It's really well done. And the animation is really, really interesting. And like like you mentioned, this idea, like his stop motion style totally went on to influence his live action stuff. Really mm-hmm. interesting. And just a really fun and enjoyable movie. Like it really does hit you in terms of just being truly yeah. fun and well-written and interesting. Uh, really sure. solid. And- this one's about fatherhood. Yeah, uh, right. Fathers. Jason Swartzman plays the son, I believe. And yeah, the... he's the super edgy edgelord kid who, like, doesn't really have any talent. And then, like, this stoop is a stupid acts like such a freaking dick at first. Like, it's just so show offy, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Christopher, who's dope. He's dope. He's Turns out he's not really even. He doesn't realize how much of a kind of dick he is kind of thing right like he just kind of comes in and shows shows off and just like is completely aloof and unaware that he's kind of not being like super nice to uh ash it works though it really does um a lot of great heist scenes in this um i swear christopherson was originally going to be voiced by michael Sarah. But they couldn't get michael Sarah. so they just picked so yeah and then he got his son instead Exactly. On his brother. Really? He's not his son. This guy looks older than him. His brother, I'm assuming. Eric Chase Anderson. He just looks like him, but with less hair. Like he's bald. You shaved you shaved Wes Anderson and made a new person? No, no, not shaved. Like, because no, this is Wes Anderson, but not clean shaven and Wes like, Anderson Jr. losing his hair. Not shaved hair, like losing his hair. Like like uh like he's starting to get like a Danny DeVito thing going on. Um nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, the heist scenes are wonderful. Like with the blueberries, which makes absolutely no sense, but it's and knocked funny. out the dogs. Yeah. yeah, um, it's great. It's good. I like all the heists. They're really fun, especially when Willem Dafoe is a rat, and then he's like fighting him in the cider room, which looks really unique. And then also Willem Dafoe, and he's a rat, and it's epic. He's like like a greaser kind of. So I think we need to start making a count of every time you say Willem Dafoe is a rat. Now I'm not going to say it again just to piss you off. So then, oh, fine. then there's that awesome. It looks when they're like all digging and it's like makes no sense like physics wise. Like the they're water all just they're them. all digging. They're not. Like, none of them are actually <laughs> touching it. It's kind of going. It's great. Hey. Beautiful movie. Incredibly like the animation style is so cool. Um, yeah. David, you got anything else you want to say? Because I kind of cut you off there. No, you're good. I think I think you guys covered it quite nicely. Yeah. I went to the best movie ever made. Yeah. Moonrise uh, Kingdom, on, baby. Moonrise this is my favorite movie, yeah. David. In case you didn't know, this is my favorite movie ever. Like, it's been and my I, favorite movie for like Yeah, two and years. I have to agree. I don't, mean, I don't mean to be a copycat, but it's also in my top five. Really? I, I, really, I really love this movie. I got to pick a new favorite movie, which actually might happen soon, so. 
Ooh, is it gonna be like paprika or something? Yeah, like yeah. We're, we're, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. I'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll find out in the next episode of Film Bro Cast. Yo, wait, wait a minute. Is this, still, you, have, you have a podcast? What? Wow. <laughs> no one told me. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, come on. Why not? I thought I'd plug that. It was come on, it was perfect timing. But yeah, I, 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 mean, I am. We should, we should mention it a couple of times. Yeah. I am the. In the next episode, we were talking about Satoshi Khan's films. Which one of those is Paprika? So if you actually are curious, you'll find out there. Um, oh, uh, David, that's the guy who did Perfect Blue. Yeah, he did Perfect Blue. Oh, gotcha. And Paprika, the, possibly my favorite movie. But this is still this is still my favorite. Is this one, Moonrise Kingdom? Perfect. Maybe. I love it. Jason Schwartzman's really funny at the end. I like that part. Willem Dafoe oh. is not a rat in it, though. He's not even in it, so that's the look. What the heck? He's not even in it. Jesus. Yeah, like it's one thing that he's not a rat, but the fact that he's not in it, maybe it's not the best West Anderson. But you know, it's <laughs> it's pretty great. I love it. I'll right, let you um, guys start because I have a lot. Yeah. I I'll I'll take this one off real quick because I do kind of want to talk about it. Uh, it's, I've talked about it before on the podcast plenty of times, uh, but it's really, really, really sweet. Uh, I think with Wes Anderson, I think this is one of the times that. It's definitely his style, but I like that he didn't automatically go to doing the the thing like kind of this you know very distinctive you know stop motiony style that he did. I think this one does kind of pull it back a bit, and it's very like it's very subtle. It's very low key. Uh, it's not a movie that kind of really gets too crazy fast or over the top. It's just kind of about you know kids, and it has that vibe of like one interesting summer that you had when you were growing up and it's really sweet and it's really well done and i love i love i love i love because wes anderson loves making you know he makes his sets right he has like these very elaborate sets he takes full advantage of by moving the camera around he did he doesn't really do that with this one because he has just the woods so like he does this phenomenal job of making the woods this like living breathing set that he completely owns to his own advantage by like Making it feel it's one like the prettiest you know, set. ever made. Whenever they're in the woods, I love yeah, nature. And, super well. And I, I, I was in Scouts actually, so like oh, hey. it's not like this. But I was in Scouts. There you go. You weren't the khaki uh, scout. Dang. Not the freaking khaki scout. They're not even wearing khaki. I'm really disappointed about that. <laughs> but yeah, like this one just absolutely owns it. I think some, some of I feel like some of Wes Anderson's best characters from Edward Norton as like the almost kind of fanboyish khaki scout who just loves khaki scouts so much that yeah. like he's he's heartbroken that the main kid doesn't want to do it anymore like Edward it's just kind of so good in this yeah, movie he's Holy so crap. good i i love bill murray in this it's kind of the conversation mm-hmm. he has with uh <laughs> bill murray is just in the background with the axe yes we're, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go cut down i'm gonna go chop down i'm gonna go find a tree to chop down right and I, uh, I adore the conversation he has with Francis McDormand in the bed. I think that's just such a like oh powerful scene that like totally hits you out of nowhere because like you weren't expecting it and like yeah. almost comes off as like almost a kid coming across it, you know? Like yeah. it's everything seemed fine and then suddenly this hits you and it's a really well done scene. Uh, Bill Murray's great in it. Um, I hope the roof flies off and it's sucked up in space. Like right, geez. that's such a like rough scene. Like man, mm-hmm. um, I and another thing that real briefly that I loved is I love that when you have this main couple, right? 
a, a common thing with romance with romance movies is you have like a really interesting male character, but the girl is just the girl. You yeah. know, that's such a common romance trope. But I love that in this, weirdly enough, the girl character seems to have much more problems and things going on in her life than the uh, guy does. I'd say they're both equal because you got. I'd say that's incorrect. Simply, like she's got a lot of issues, but like, well, I mean, I should say, kid is more... like setting doghouse on fire in his sleep. Like, they, oh, yeah, he's a foster home. He's like, oh, we can't take him. We don't want no, him no, anymore. I meant more like I, just, I guess I meant more. Not, it's meant more that there's more things that she's dealing with openly and dealing with with him. Like they talk about her stuff with like with each other. Well, she's which more is something. Open. Yeah, right. Which is, is something you don't really see in a lot of like romance movies, where like yeah, it's usually just like sure. the guy who has the problems and the girls accepts it. I'm gonna say like... something weird. I don't think this is really. I don't really think of this as a romance movie much, which I know is a strange thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean it's definitely but, fair. Like, yeah, it's about young love, but like the coming of age. I don't more. Think they really do love each other, and I'm not saying that as a dig at the movie. Like, sure, they have feelings that they're not sure about, yeah. but I think that's kind of the point. Like, they're just kind of. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> it's, they're. It's, just, they're figuring stuff out i don't think the romance is actually the focus even though it kind of is yeah it's I more i feel like the coming of like figuring life out and all the romance adults being is more i think <laughs> i think like romance and this is more like a it's more representative of like this idea that these kids are so desperate to be independent and adult that this is like they just they feel like now they're with each other and you know doing you know adult things they've achieved it you know they've become adults they and i think it's just kind of like i love that kind of like childish mentality that like they head out there they go and start doing adult things but they do it in such a way that like they have no idea what adult things are what they why they do it they just kind of do it well here's something good so um bruce willis in this movie he works great in this because like this was already past the point when bruce willis stopped trying but like in this movie, him like seeming like he's sleeping the whole time actually works in a Wes Anderson movie. You can so see like, very sad. Yeah, no, like he's yeah, because in movies when like Bruce Willis is supposed to be a badass, he he still seems like he's like falling asleep and like he's sad and like he doesn't want to be there. But here he's supposed to be sad and not want to be there, so it actually works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get was that. horrible. I'm sorry. Like work, work with what you have. This. I get you. Yeah, and like one of my favorite scenes is when Ed Norton and Bruce Willis are um, on the like on the phone with the protective services lady Tilda Swinton and like it's like it's like did he stab someone with scissors? No, that was the girl and they're like both yelling at him. They're, they're like oh totally defending him, yeah. Oh I love it so much. David you go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys definitely said a lot about this movie already. Um, trying to think what, of what, you, what, what, what I could add to it. What do you um, think personally? Like, where does this go in your Wes Anderson ranking? I'm assuming it's not your favorite. Oh no, it's. it's I, I think I definitely put it as my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Oh, no, go for um, it. No one's Anderson movie. Okay, then it was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, take it back. My favorite is Bottle Rocket. <laughs> now we're all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> David's in there going, "Oh crap! I'm not gonna go watch Battle Rocket." Comes back, it's my favorite movie. Yeah, right. and then we're all like, "Yeah," and then Cam's like, Connor's like, "Yeah," <laughs> right? Agreed. Like, yeah, best movie. <laughs> Upon rewatch, it's now five stars. Right. So, like, I really enjoyed this movie. It was like, like that, like how Logan mentioned, kind of like the, like the nature vibe and like how 
the woods is kind of like the main set and I really liked how um, Wes Anderson kind of like picked, you know, where he's going to like shoot, um, you know, the, the setting and um, of like all the different shots. So that was really, really cool. Um, I liked how they like, kind of they explored the relationship between um, the, the, the two people of interest, um, I guess. And how, you know, they both kind of, you know, came from being uh, outcasts in their own respective uh, areas. And they, you know, how they came together um, and they've kind of found sauce um, yeah. within each other. The which music. I think is really cool. Um, okay. And how they kind of have that, you know, young love, as Logan put it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got to see that kind of develop and change. And, uh, you know, you know, I'm a sucker for coming-of-age films. Um, so, I really like this movie. It was a lot okay. of fun. Definitely my favorite Anderson movie. I wanted to let David talk, because I still have a lot to say. So, the music both, is amazing. Crap. Oh, yeah. both, both the orchestral music that is, like, put into the film, like that, and, like, the opening with the so perfect, zooming into her on, like, the lighthouse. And then, so I'm just gonna go for it, okay? If you guys don't mind. Okay. Go crazy, so, go crazy. Um, and then, so then the actual ongoing sort of suite that uh, the director, uh, not the director, sorry, the uh, composer, Alexandre Desplat, or as, since I don't know how to actually pronounce it, Alexander Desplat, um, his music, like like the sort of ongoing symphony that kind of gets stronger with each, like as the movie picks up, like I think you know what I'm talking about. Like the music is basically one symphony, like throughout the whole movie that's playing, like the original music. I love it, and it's sort of it's such a vibe. I love that. Um, what else? What else can I ramble about? Uh, there's so much to say, but I'm having trouble like placing it because there is just so much. Um, I love the final, the look of them like when they're falling off the church, and, like the rain. I love rain and thunderstorms. I love that aesthetic. It's so gorgeous and such a great end. Um, anytime they're walking through the forest, like we mentioned, it just looks gorgeous. And like him having to, like take her suitcases with the rope and just some sort of coming along and like the giant cliff they have to write. And now, Oh, I remember, I love the uh, khaki scouts. Um, like the other ones. Like the Lucas hedges and people. Yeah, well, not him. Uh, <laughs> Naturally not him. Lucas hedges, but the rest of them, like the ones that are like, like when, it's like when they all have like weapons, they've got like a stick with like spikes in it. And then oh, they're yeah, walking like, along with the music. You don't need to be violent. And then it's like, okay, we got to arm ourselves. Where she stabs him in the back with lefty scissors, which is incredible. And then at the end, they're all in that giant-ass rickety treehouse. And they're like, we've been dicks. We need to help him. And then they're all like like bartering with the thing of nickels with a, a swordsman. And, like, and then there's that whole chase. And then Harvey Keitel's in the movie for some reason. And then I'm sorry, I'm, just, I'm sorry, I gotta keep going. And then Ed Wood, like the scene where he jumps and saves the Scoutmasters, incredible. Why does he Ed Wood? Edward, yeah, I'm about to say, I'm like, is that a nickname? Like, I, no, I Ed was, Wood I is, was just Ed Wood, like, Ed Wood is like the Tommy Wiseau of the 50s, anyways. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's so much to say. Um, and then when he like gets struck by lightning, is hilarious. Um, I love that scene as well, but yeah, I definitely love when the khaki scouts all team up to save them and help them escape and stuff. And then the marriage scene, and they're all walking away from the marriage as the music's going at like full force is incredible. Can we give um, them the nickels? I'm concerned for their future. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then when they're having their discussion, there's just a kid on a trampoline the whole time. I love this movie. It's the best movie ever. Okay, I think I'll stop now. I think I just rambled for like five and a half minutes, if not more. Grand Budapest? Sure. Grand Budapest. Um, it's a good movie. Grand Budapest is awesome. I'll let take over for a bit. What's up? <laughs> I'll let you guys take over for a little. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Grand Budapest is really solid. Um, David, you can kick off with this one. What were your sure, thoughts sure, on Grand sure. Budapest? Uh, Grand Budapest. Um, I hear... Okay, so if, I, if, I, if I'm talking to anybody um, who has seen, you know, Grand Budapest or has seen, you know, a, a good amount of the Wes Anderson films, they say that Grand Budapest is his best film, right? So, you know, I came in this movie with very high expectations because I've heard a lot of really great things about yeah, it. Like it's, it's, highest, it's highest rated and, you know. Yeah, it's highest rated. It's only got nominated popular. for a bunch of Oscars. It won a bunch, I think. Right, right, right. So I've heard, I've heard a lot of great things. Like this is like the best one. Um, so yeah, I came in with like really high expectations. Um, and upon watching it, you know, I liked it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I think it's definitely one of my favorites of the Wes Anderson films, definitely on the higher side. Um, but I definitely don't think this is like the best movie ever. Um, I think I think it's very, very good. I think it definitely like portrays the Wes Anderson style very well. Um, I think that it um, shows a uh, good dynamic between um, apprentice and, or I guess, I guess, trainer and apprentice almost. You know, yeah. Um, and how it kind of like highlights um, the you know what 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 the hotel represents and. And you know, with the, the characters relationship to it, and you know, holding up um, that kind of legacy uh, of that hotel, um, I think that's really, really awesome. Um, this movie is a lot of fun; has a lot of uh, really cool action scenes to it, especially that you know that shootout in the hotel. That's that's oh, you know, yeah. top notch. One of the best action scenes I think in a Wes Anderson film. Plus, um, <laughs> having another scene from Life Aquatic. Um, so you know, of course, they've got that. Um, I think the dialogue is also really strong in this movie. Um, well, oh, it's in the movie. Yes, Willem Dafoe. Willem is amazing in this movie. I wish he had more screen time. One of my favorite sadly. sequence of shots in this movie is when, <laughs> it's when Adrian, Adrian, no, yes, but yeah. Adrian Brody punches, uh, punches Ray Fiennes. Uh, yeah. Zero, the Tony Revolori punches Adrian Brody. Then Willem Dafoe punches Zero, and then like he turns around, and then like the camera zooms in on him, like the music yeah. is really intense. And then he the cat later, which is or yeah, really he chucks the cat out the window, which is just a weird, yeah. weird thing. Incredible thing, you mean? Yes, cat yes. death. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, no, yes, uh, we, we are. I guess we're not a fan of cats on the show anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a huge fan of cats, but like I don't hate them. I actually, you know what? That's actually a good I question. Give me allergies. With the dog and dying. Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest. With the dog dying in Royal Tenenbaums and the cat yes. dying in this, does Wes Anderson just not like pets? Hmm. He should make a movie about it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I hate yeah, you. Yeah. I know. That was really stupid. Fun. That was bad. I hated that. Okay, continue. You guys. Yeah, David, you can uh, finish up your thoughts. Sorry. Yeah, so I was just saying that, like, I was a very solid movie. I think it definitely, um, I think it's a good representation of what Wes Anderson is as a director. Um, I feel like if I, I feel like if I were to like recommend um, outside of Fantastic Mr. Fox, like a movie for like like a general 
Wes Anderson movie that like will give you like a good representation of what you know who he is as an as director and just a really good all-around film I would definitely recommend Grand Budapest only because you know it has that um kind of uh fame and kind of just, you know good name you know good name to its um, yeah kind of okay Good reputation is the word I was looking for. Yes, yes. It is a good reputation. Does that not have a bad reputation. What is that? Good one. It does not have a bad reputation. It has a good one. Yes, it has a very good reputation. Um, yeah, so you guys can proceed. Okay. Uh, okay, so this movie is in the bottom half of my West ranking, but I do really like it a lot. I love it. It's still a nine. Most of the movies are nines or tens and then there's two eights um but yeah this movie another kiss it's great it's beautiful it's got pink it's got willem dafoe um he said it might not be as high i'm not really even sure this is the one that got me into wes anderson i'd say this is like the first i loved it i watched it like two times and then i watched all the rest of his movies i watched Moonrise and i'm like yeah that's pretty good but i still prefer grand Budapest, which i obviously disagree with now um it's got snow Snow is cool. I like that as an aesthetic. It's got pink. It's got a brief Bill Murray. Not enough Bill Murray, but it's got a little bit of it's got Ray Fiennes, which is great. It's 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 good. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, I could watch it a lot, but it's just in the lower half because it's just almost like another Wes Anderson movie at this point. Um, once we get yeah. to this one, that's what it starts to feel like a bit. And I know we're right at the end now, I think. But yeah, I mean it's true. Like not even that problem almost persists more in Isle of Dogs, and we'll get to that. But um, I don't know. It's just here we go, Wes Anderson stuff. And I do get it. Like in comparison to a lot of his other movies, where you've got like Darjeeling dealing with grief and like loss, you've got a life aquatic dealing with like loss of fame, and you know wanting to leave an impact on the world. And then you've got Grand Budapest, which is basically just a chase movie. Um, yeah, it's good, but it's yeah, very solid. It's just like if you're thinking of like emotional hitting stuff. Here's a yeah. color. Like we're gonna have a lot of that color. Everything. It's like the most. Like it. It doesn't do anything new with the style. Really, it's just doing it again, and it works. It's great. I love it because as someone who already digs the style, it's great. But in terms of like standing out, <sighs> I mean, I feel like. It's more, I think his direction doesn't necessarily stand out, but what you're seeing on screen definitely does. Like, with, like, what happens, the way the story's told, the character, sure. the character I don't acting. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. For sure. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's funny. One of his funnier ones, for sure. It's, like, good. It just, I don't know. Compared to his other movies, I don't know if I get, like, and again, it's not even, it's still six out of nine movies. Like, I still love, I love them all. It's just. My reason for having it lower than Life Aquatic, Royal Tenenbaums, Darjeeling, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and Moonrise, right? I just think those movies manage to stand out more. For sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I really enjoy... I'm going I'm to say that pretty much every single time it gets to my point, but I really <laughs> enjoy this movie. Um, I think it's probably his best utilized cast, I feel like. Pretty much everybody, I feel, kind of owned their moment on screen, and they do a really phenomenal job there. Love the direction. It does start Sir Sharon, and she's one of my favorites. Does love star her. her, but she's in it. Yeah, well, she's in it. Yeah, but she's phenomenal. I love her. Uh, yes. Tony Revoluri, I forget how his name's, last name's pronounced. He's Tony really, Revoluri. Yes, he's really great, too. Yes. Um, Ray Fine is obviously great. Spider Man things. Yeah, right. He's from Spider Man. Um, yeah, he's in the 
movies. Yeah, there's just there's a lot to love with this movie. Though I do yeah. get the complaints about it feeling kind of formulaic amongst his other movies. Not even but, formulaic. It just doesn't do much to stand out compared to his better movies. Yeah. That being said, I think if you, I, I, I don't think there's anything you could really do wrong here. Like it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> come off as poorly made or doesn't come off as a bad decision in any regard. It's a really great movie. Um, and I do highly recommend it. Like David said, for anybody who wants to know if, like, if you need like a one movie to tell you what is what he's about, Fantastic Mr. Fox and this are definitely that. Okay, um, is that all really then? Stuff. I think so. We can get to Isle of Dogs. Okay. We're in the final movie, guys. And it's not it did not take nearly as long as I thought it would, which, you know, that being said, you know. Still still we're an hour and a half in. Yeah, right. This is my hottest take, I think. Um I still like it a lot, but it is my least favorite. And that that isn't Bottle Rocket. Um Yeah. yeah, Uh, I think um if I had to really summarize this simply, I feel like if I had to very briefly say in one sentence my thoughts were I think this one's really enjoyable, but it's also, I think, Wes Anderson's safest movie. Not, like, I wouldn't even use that here. here I don't. Me, I don't think there's a lot of risks that were taken. And honestly, like, if we're talking on the technical level, the filmmaking, the stop motion, it's freaking phenomenal. Oh, of so, course, yeah, absolutely. Probably his most technically, like, not competent would even be the word, but just like so phenomenally impressive. Like the sushi scene, holy shit! How that scene was totally there just to flex on yeah. like any other yeah. stop motion animator. However, I, do. I don't really care about what's happening at all in this movie, and that's my issue. I don't know why, but like it feels like, and this this is the issue I was sort of having with Grand Budapest, even though I love that one a lot more because um, I think the visuals. I don't know. This speaks to me a bit more the cast, but like with the, I just feels like Wes Anderson is forgetting to make his movies about stuff now. Like, like it just feels like, here it is. I'm just doing my Wes Anderson thing. Here, here you go. It doesn't feel like he's he has a goal with the movie, a thing he wants it to be about. It's just like, uh, let's make this one about dogs. Okay, and here's the movie. And then it just kind of happens, and it's over, and then I don't want to watch it again. As much as his others, just because it just kind of happened. Um... I don't know if that's weird of me to say, but that's how I feel. I feel, and I really hope French Dispatch can prove me wrong. French Dispatch theory. seems to be a lot, a lot, though. It seems to be a lot going yeah, on, so but it, it seems feels like, like, it like these movies are just kind of, he's just like, okay, time to make a movie, and then he makes a movie, and he's doing it for the technical reasons, not really for anything else. And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. I still enjoy these, and I think with Grand Budapest, it's a lot more enjoyable than this one, by a lot. By a lot. And I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I should probably clarify what I mean to align more with what you're saying. Because, like, I think in terms of, like, true storytelling or themes, it's not taking a ton of risks. I think, like, it's a very simple, on-the-nose kind of movie just about dogs and about, like, that relationship between a boy and his dog. Definitely, It definitely works, and it's fun. And I think the voice acting's phenomenal, the animation's phenomenal, and I like a lot of the characters. It's just ultimately, like, I think, like you mentioned, I think Wes Anderson is set on his style, and this was just another example of his style, you know? Which He's just making a movie for the sake yeah. of making a movie, it almost feels like. Which I don't necessarily think is inherently wrong. I just think that's what, that kind of bogged down this one. Um, that being said, I enjoy this one quite a bit, and I think, uh, I think it's one that's pretty easy to watch. Like, if you ever just need a time waster, it has that you know, that ability but to like, it and it's definitely like enjoyable 
to that as well. Well, I mean, I'm saying more like I just like, if it's Moonrise Kingdom is a much better choice for like an easy watch Wes Anderson movie. Grand Budapest Hotel is a much better choice for an easy watch. Fantastic yeah. Mr. Fox, Dar- well, maybe not Dark Dealing, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, Rushmore, all better. To- Even Bottle Rocket, I think, is more more interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I love this movie, but since we're talking it exclusively in Wes Anderson, like I still give this an eight, but since we're talking about exclusively in Wes Anderson, for me, it's like not even really a contest to call this my least favorite Wes Anderson. <laughs> well, I mean, that's definitely valid. Uh, I want to spin it over to David. I want to see what he has to say because I didn't talk about it much with him because he watched it on his own. So, yeah, David, what do you think? The, I watched it yesterday. Because he's so, pretty fresh. It's it's pretty fresh, you know. Um, I I I thought the movie was fine. Um, I definitely don't think it's like his strongest movie. Um, I I think it definitely has its issues. Um, I I wish. You know, the story was more, I guess, focused. I don't know. I feel like like some things were all over the place. You know, but in, like in a way, um, I, I I like how it it, it takes place. Um, I, I like it takes place in a, in a different environment. You know, um, Island of Trash or Japan. Yeah, Island of Trash and like else takes place in like Japan. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's a bit different from what we've seen. Um, you know how like. You know, the movies have taken place in like a like a English speaking country, um, and if not, you know, they translate it for us, right? But like with this, it's like like there is some dialogue that you know that was in Japanese that you know you couldn't understand in your Japan- Japanese, right? Um, so I thought I thought that was kind of an interesting choice. Um, I thought I felt like the dialogue was not as strong as it was in other movies. Um, but you know, of course, I, I think I think it's solid. Um, the direction that he was trying to take it in was a bit confusing in my eyes. Um, in some, in like in, in some hand, like in one hand, I can see how it could be like a comedy, but this other, like the other hand, I can see it being like a, um, I guess more on more serious tone in a way. I don't know. I think it's more leaning towards a comedy in a way. Um, I definitely liked. Um, you know, like little, like little, like pug character. Yeah, uh, I was voiced by. Um, I think is that was that not F. Murray Abraham's character? Uh, it was. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. Who yeah, little pug guy. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, it was my favorite character by far. Nice. Forgot to mention that I love the narrator played by Bob Alban in Moonrise Kingdom. Yes, Bob Alban's really good in that one too. Every time he's like doing the poses, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Isle of Dogs. <laughs> I have nothing to say about Isle of Dogs. I'm sorry, like other than no, Isle of Dogs, you know, finding I, it I, underwhelming. I think it's one of those movies that it will get forgotten over time. That being said, I think it's definitely. Like, I would prefer more movies take this style, or say, I should say, stop motion with a distinct direction. I wish there were more of. I should say. So, I do appreciate it, and I think. Uh, I would totally watch it again, and I did enjoy it quite a bit. That being said, I do agree with what you guys are saying. I think you, you're gonna you know, like in comparison to what Sanderson movies, you're gonna lose like, and this is just not truly the cream of the crop, I guess. Yeah, Charlie's Angels from the year two thousand is a better film. 
<laughs> you were posting about that in the group chat. <laughs> I'm just funny because like so I swear to God, nobody has thought about Charlie's Angels in like 15 years. I swear. It's incredible. And it also has Bill Murray. So it's got everything you need. Wait, so it's a Wes Go Anderson on. movie? Wait, what? It's a Wes Anderson movie? It's not a Wes Anderson movie, but it's got Bill Murray. Dang, Bill Murray is in all of Wes Anderson movies, so I just assumed any movie he's in is a is a Wes Anderson movie. Bill Murray plays the tuba in it. He doesn't play the tuba in this. You know, that's that's definitely valid. David, I, I why, do David why do we even bother that. watching these movies? We should, just, we should just have a Bill Murray marathon. No, a Charlie's <laughs> Angels. So what about killing two birds with one stone too? Exactly. <laughs> I gotta right. do a Charlie's Angels podcast. The same. So overall, guys, since we can still talk for a little bit at this point, just like, what do you guys, what is your uh, top three and bottom three? Okay, I feel like it's probably a fair one to say. Okay, I'll go. Moonrise Kingdom, number one. Fantastic Mr. Fox, number two. Jarjeeling Limited, number three. Honestly, since there's only nine, so I'm just going to keep going. Royal Tenenbaums, number four. Life Aquatic, number five. Grand Budapest, number six. Rushmore, number seven. Bottle Rocket, number eight. Isle of Dogs, number nine. There you go. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I, I. that's a pretty solid one. David, what's yours? Uh, you can use top three bottoms, right? I know you're not big on rankings, so. Probably. Uh, um, Moonrise. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Stars Ring Limited. Um, <laughs> That's my scene. Bottom three. Um, Rushmore. Um, Royal Tenenbaums. And Isle of Dogs. Definitely bad. Definitely bad. Uh, you almost had the same ranking. Then you decided to be a dumbass and put Royal Tenenbaums <laughs> in bottom three. Yeah. Um, I, I more or less agree with, with a lot of that. Um, top three, I would say. Um Moonrise Kingdom, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then Grand Budapest. I'm gonna be like that. Ooh, ooh. Um, but then bottom that. three, bottom three, uh, Rushmore, Isle of Dogs, and World Ten of Bombs. I gotta agree with David on this one. Uh, well, maybe <gasps> Bottle Rocket. Bottle yeah, Bottle, Rock- no, no, Bottle Rocket. Sorry, Bottle Rockets. Uh, I would swap out. Bottle Isle of Dogs. Below World Ten Bombs. Jeez, you guys. Are- Rocket, I actually like Bottle Rocket a little bit more than World Ten of Bombs, but. What is um, wrong with you? Right? Like, I, love, I love Bottle Rocket. I like Bottle Rocket a lot. But, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, this this director, Wes Anderson, is so great at his movies that mm-hmm. it does feel wrong of me to say that, Dar- that Darjeeling and Life Aquatic aren't in the best. Mm-hmm. But I, I totally could see it. I love both those movies a lot. Um, Wes Anderson is just such a really unique director, and I love every single movie that he's done for one reason or another. Even the ones I'm not big on, I still love for specific reasons. So, like in the end, like there's really you can't go wrong with him. He doesn't have a dud, you know. Like I, I really do just love him, man. He's such a such a unique director. Right. right. So, we've talked about all the movies now. That's impressive. Um, I don't think we necessarily need an entire recommendation section, so that might just take forever. Yeah. So then, real briefly, I think we could all just—I'll just have all of us talk about like one thing. Logan, you are our guest. Station. What does that mean? Well, yeah, how we do at the end of every episode. Uh, We spend some time just recommending some stuff that we've been doing the past week: movies, video games, TV shows, music, anything that you've been enjoying the past week that. 
You just uh, really okay. want to share, you know? What's, okay. what, what's the recommendation? You know, what, what do you Charlie's want? Charlie's Angels. Yes, Charlie's Angels. That's definitely valid. Good one. Um, um, yeah. I haven't been doing much, I guess. The, the book, Train Spotting, and the movie, but mainly the book is my recommendation if we're talking books. Uh, mm-hmm. Video games. Super Monkey Ball. That's a little hard to obtain, though, since it's a GameCube game. So also, Lego Jurassic World. Um, I don't know. See, that's what I see. told you you were doing things. You were hiding from us. You didn't want to recommend uh, all the stuff you've been doing. Uh, um, watch watch the, the Suicide Squad. Check that out. It was great. Oh, yeah. I'm watching nine that tonight. I gave it a 10. That's how much I liked it at first. But 9 out of 10. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, David, do you have a quick suggestion from what you've been doing? Um, I haven't really done a ton this week. Um, I've been really just been reading Vinman Saga. This yes. week mostly Ma- manga. Um, so I guess I guess I'll recommend that. Um, oh, read the the read the Nausicaa Valley of the Wind manga as well. There's another one. Ah yes, Studio Ghibli. David, we should we should do a Ghibli binge next. You should. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> um, but yeah, Villain Saga. It's really good. Um, it's yeah, it's there's an anime and a manga, so you can do either or. But I prefer the manga for this one. Only have you because... watched? The, have you watched the anime? I have not watched the anime. <laughs> how do you say, how do you know you prefer the the uh, manga if you haven't watched the anime? I don't know. The manga is always better, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the same thing, just condensed. No. Okay, well, C- Connor, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. When you say <laughs> oh my god, this is really this exact dumb conversation. We had this exact conversation. That is like the dumbest thing I've heard someone say. Like it's the like same it's... thing. Well, that's what oh, a lot okay, of people are. It's the same book. Apparently, it's so similar that David can read the manga and another one of my friends can watch the anime and they can talk about it knowing the exact same thing. Like, Yeah, but the manga's better, bro. This is how it works. Well, I mean, I can't argue with that logic. I don't. I haven't read any, so... <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, that's my suggestion. Vim and Saga. Check it out. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll write briefly. It goes well. Uh, Planet of the Apes, the original from 1968. Really good, actually. I was kind of blown away by how great that was. Yeah, like Classic I was. Everyone loves. Right, I was really shook by how good this one is, and like I know people talk about it, but weirdly enough, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it much in terms of like its impact. I'm like, totally do it. Like, it's really interesting. It's to- it's totally just a Twilight Zone episode. Like in terms of the way it's written, and in terms of the way like the storytelling is, it's Twilight Zone. Uh, but like it's really well done, and it's really interesting, and I love it's like reflects how it reflects you know reality and like the parallels between like our society and theirs is really interesting a uh, really well done movie um society society like right joker like joker exactly but infinitely better than joker because this one has monkeys in it joker could, have been, joker could have been so much better if it had monkeys in it but joker like, took place in the matrix so it was okay but it didn't have monkeys fair enough all right so that's about all i've got to say um you you have the spotlight right now, Logan. Is there anything you want to tell the listeners before we, before we head out? Maybe, uh, maybe check something, out Film Broadcast. Yeah, Film Broadcast. Yeah, uh, our recent episode, we discussed the Twilight Saga that just came out. Um, 
pretty great movies there. Uh, before that, we discussed the Scooby Doo duology. So we only discussed like high level film on there. But that's, um, <laughs> that's exactly why I sought him out. I'm like, hold yeah. up, there's got to be somebody who can who's a film master like yeah. us. Yeah, and then yeah. I saw a Scooby Doo episode, and I'm like, yes, four part Michael Bay retrospective, which is starting relatively a month or so from now. Oh, so Killian's gonna forward. be on for that. Killian loved those movies. Killian's gonna be on the second episode, I believe. So yes. Gotcha. Uh, you don't, you don't have me on for that one. I'm gonna, I'll end up saying something bad about Pearl Harbor, and then I'll get like hacked. Yeah, so. Killian will. Killian would kick your ass with that one. I That's swear. the one he's coming to. It's on Pearl Harbor, of uh, is, Bad yeah. Boys Two, and <laughs> um, the Island. Okay. <laughs> well, no worries. Um, thank you so much for listening again, guys. Uh, what's that smell? Underscore you thinking again on Instagram gets you all the updates whenever David decides to post. Um. We are changing up our upload schedule. I got to say that. Uh, so because we're heading off to college very, very soon, we're going to be changing up our schedule a little bit. Uh, I will – very soon. I, I, I kind of can't tell because I don't know if I'm going to cut this episode or not. But the point is, in the coming weeks, we're going to start going to every other week. So expect a week break in between each episode. That being said, nothing crazy. We may change it up later. But that's the plan at the moment. Uh so, you know, look, you can look forward to that. We've still got good stuff planned. Um, that being said, just new change up to the schedule. Uh, that's all I've got. David, do you have anything else you want to say before we head out? I do not, Connor. No worries, no worries. Uh, I've been Connor. This has been David. Thank you, Logan, for stopping yes, by. Thank I really you for appreciate coming. it. No problem. I'm glad we could all nerd out about how good Wes Anderson movies are. Hell uh, yeah. And this has been Except the pop- humorously entitled, David. What's that smell? You thinking again? I don't get the title.